0: Well, Jesus once asked his disciples, hey, who do all the people say that I am? And, and the disciples responded and gave the various responses. And then Jesus asked his disciples, you said, OK, guys, you've been hanging out with me for a while. Who do you say that I am? And then Peter, he spoke up and you might know this, be familiar with it. Peter was like, well, you're Jesus, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And 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 Jesus was like, you nailed it. That's exactly right. The Holy Spirit revealed that to you. If you were to ask people today on the street, who do you think Jesus is? You're going to get all different types of responses, aren't you? But my question is, is who did Jesus say that he was? What did Jesus say about himself? And so what we want to do the next couple weeks is we want to look at that. What did Jesus say about himself? Now, I think we know that, you know, you're here in church, you know that Jesus is our Savior, he is our Lord, but what does that look like? Not that he just saves us for eternity, but what does it mean in our daily lives? Jesus actually made several different statements in the Gospel of John about who he is. Today we want to look at one of those in John chapter 10, Verse 11, Jesus said this. He said, I am the what? I am the, let's say it together. I am the good, the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? Verse 11 tells us, it says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, I want you to think about this. We, we, we uh, talk about the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word gospel literally means good news, and it's good news That the good shepherd, Jesus, was willing to die in our place for our sins. We just celebrated that during communion. And when he says, I'm the good shepherd, it stands in stark contrast to another. Back in John chapter 10, at the very first verse of that chapter, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a what? He must surely be a thief right and a thief and a robber now he's talking about our spiritual enemy who hates god and he hates god's people his name is satan and we talked about him the the couple weeks leading up to easter if you missed any of those messages i would really encourage you go back watch them or, or listen to them and check them out remember jesus said very clearly what he was about and what his mission was about in john chapter 10 verse 10, talking about this enemy. He said the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. I want you to think about that. I mean, families fall apart. Marriages suffer. Lots of kids are making really bad decisions. There's sickness. There's disease. There's death. Yes, the enemy is working hard to destroy you and I. Jesus said but I have a different purpose. John 10, verse 10. He said, my purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life so again we have jesus who is this good shepherd and so that means you and i if he's our good shepherd what are we we are his sheep right he's a good shepherd we are a sheep now sheep are referred to in the bible more than any other animal did you know that they're mentioned over 500 times in various ways in the Bible. And so, since I'm talking about animals for a moment, I thought I'd let you know that dogs are mentioned about 40 times in the Bible, just kind of as an FYI, and cats are mentioned exactly zero. <laughs> I'm just, <coughs> some of you might, well, no, they're, they're mentioned, you know, you know in the, there's the Satan's referred to as a lion, that's part of the cat family. And so you can see the correlation between Satan and cats. I'm not trying to be funny. It's just a, just so the record's clear. By the way, when I kind of brought this up a few weeks ago during that series, uh, I love the texts and emails that came through with cats. I mean, that seriously was like one of the most fun weeks. So thanks for the interaction. And and, and some of them were just hilarious. So thank you. Uh, I, I love getting those. But we're referred to as sheep. And unfortunately, that, doesn't al- that isn't always good news that you and I are referred to as sheep. And, and one of the reasons is, is because sheep are not the brightest animal on the planet. They, they aren't. In fact, in eastern Turkey, in the Van province of Iran, shepherds uh, had this big celebration breakfast that, that in this area. And so they left their sheep to roam free as they went off to this breakfast. Well, sheep being sheep. They're prone to wandering off. And, and, and so this one sheep wandered off and it fell over a cliff into the ravine and died. Well, because sheep are so dense, the rest of the 1,500 sheep followed that sheep off the cliff where they also died as well. 1,500 sheep at the cost of $74,000 to the local farmers. And so I just need to say to you, you know, with the love of Jesus, you and I are referred to as a dumb animal, <laughs> a sheep. In fact, let me give you a few challenges of, of being sheep. But this is important for us to understand because, again, Jesus said he's the good shepherd, and, and we're going to see why and how this is so relevant to us. But sheep have some challenges, and the first challenge is that, is that sheep get easily lost. Years ago, some of you might have been on this trip, some of you maybe heard parts of the story before, but years ago, about 20 or so of us from Life Point went on a backpack trip up in the Sierras. Well, it ended up snowing that first night, and, and, and so we woke up the next morning, and there was an inch or two of snow on our tents and on the ground. It was a freak storm, unexpected storm. Well, as we wake up and we're all out and about of our tents, we notice what one tent Uh, there's no feet you know feet imprints leaving the tent or coming to the tent or going and so we're like okay he's still sleeping so somebody walks over there you know bangs on the tent and and no noise no nothing there's no there's no feet and he's not in there we're all like what happened where is he a little while later we kind of look across the lake and we see him and he sees us and he's like oh like you, you don't recognize us and oh and so he started making his way around the lake When he gets back to us and we hear the story, he got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and got lost. (laughs) Couldn't find his way back to the tent. It started to rain and and then it started to snow and he's out there in the rain and the snow and he remembered, you know, watching Bear Grill's survival stories and he's like, okay, I got this toilet paper and I only got a thin sweatshirt and I have jeans, you know, cotton jeans on. He's like, so he takes the toilet paper and stuffs it in his shirt for insulation. And he's like, okay, I got to find some brush to try to sleep under. And so he spent the entire night outside with the rain and then the snow. But the point is, this crazy sheep got lost going to the bathroom. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way you see that's the reality of where many of us are we really try to figure out life on our own and consequently we make some really poor decisions we make some bad decisions we end up getting lost in life we end up going astray why because sheep without a good shepherd left to themselves are very very easily lost physically mentally spiritually emotionally There's a second challenge of being a sheep, and that's that sheep are defenseless. You know, most animals actually have some form of defense, right? And some of animals, you know, can kick, some can fly away, some can blend into their environment, some bite, you know, some, you know, gouge eyes out and, and, you know, shoot, one of these animals shoots blood out of its eyes. And then there's the Iberian ribbed newt. Now, for all of you, you know, science fan, you know, the Iberian rib newt, I never heard of it. Maybe you if you've heard of it, raise your hand. All right, so we've never heard of the Iberian rib newt. It has an amazing way of dealing with predators. When threatened, it pushes its ribs out of its skin. And now their, its ribs are poking out as little jagged ribs, and then there's poison on the end of its of these ribs poking out of its skin. So when an animal takes a bite, boom, that animal lets go, gets poison in its mouth, and it's gone. And that and the Iberian newt. It just it, it regenerates. The ribs go back in. It heals itself. Another predator comes along. You know, ribs pop. Can you imagine your ribs? Like hey, here's how I'm gonna stand up and fight, and boom, they pop out. <laughs> but you can't do that why cuz you're a sheep and sheep are totally defenseless right we don't have anything good we're just defenseless now please don't miss this you and i on our own apart from the body of christ you and i on our own without the armor of god you and i without the protection of the good shepherd we're defenseless we're defenseless we're extremely vulnerable to the lies of the evil one and when we believe his lies in our defensiveness it leads to our destruction in our lives why because sheep are defenseless there's a third challenge of being a sheep and that's that sheep are stubborn in fact I want you to look at the person next to you and say I think he's talking to you right now (laughs) all right come back I need some real honesty from you right now. I would like you to raise your hand if you did not just participate in that and say it. Raise your hand if you didn't just say something. Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. I told you you're stubborn. (laughs) I asked you to do something and you didn't do it. And I told you you're stubborn. Someone even just mouthed to me. No, I'm not. (laughs) We're stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. In fact, they're so stubborn, they'll walk between two rocks and get lodged in. And rather than just wiggle their way back out and back out, they're too stubborn and they just keep moving forward and get more and more stuck. How many of you know somebody like that right now who's just stubborn? I want you to not point to them. (laughs) I mean, you know people who are stubborn. Maybe right now you're looking in the mirror and saying that's you, and you refuse to make the changes necessary to get out of your terrible situation. How often do we do that? We still press ahead and still move ahead in a, in a situation or a circumstance or decision making, even though it's not wise, even though it's not right. Why? Because we're stubborn. You know, I'm broke, and I refuse to follow biblical principles. I refuse to follow Dave Ramsey's ideas. I'm not going to get an emergency fund. I'm going to go off and lease a brand new truck or a brand new car. I'm stubborn. I I won't talk to them because I'm waiting for them to apologize to me. I won't talk to them. I'm stubborn. The bottom line is sheep need a shepherd. You and I need Jesus who Jesus says, I am your good shepherd. And without him, we are vulnerable to the lies of the evil one. We're vulnerable to his crafty ways in which he is trying to destroy us. And so what I want to do with the remainder of our time this morning is I want to show you a few of the qualities of who this good shepherd is. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. So I want to show you some qualities. And here's my hope this morning. Here's my prayer is that as we share the qualities of a good shepherd, that that God's spirit will speak to our spirit and he will connect these to our heart this morning so that you can apply this into your daily life because our good shepherd, he cares for you and he loves you and he wants what's best for you. He is the good shepherd. So what does a good shepherd do? What does he do for us? Well, first of all, a good shepherd guides What does a good shepherd do? He guides. Psalm chapter 23, and we're going to be looking through Psalm 23. Some of you might be real familiar with it. David, who writes this, he was actually a shepherd. And and David said this, Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, he says, The Lord is my, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 3 says, What does the Lord do? He guides me. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. The Lord guides me. You ever find yourself with a big decision to make, and you're trying to figure out what's the right direction, what's the right choice to make, you're not sure what to do. When you seek the Lord, church, you need to understand, He He will guide you. He wants to guide you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try to be stubborn. Don't try to say, oh, God's given me a brain and so I'll just do whatever I want. No, no. The Bible says to us, yes, he's given us a brain and he wants us to take that brain and our thinking and he wants us to not lean on our own understanding. But the verse goes on and says, submit to him, acknowledge him, In all of your ways, in all of your choices, in all of your decisions, if you will submit to God, then he will make your path state. The King James says he'll direct your path. Why? Because he guides us. John chapter 10, go back to that. It says in verse 3, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep do what? Now, this is so rich. It says the sheep what? It says the sheep, they recognize his voice, and they come to him. He, Jesus, the good shepherd, the verse goes on and says, calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Now here's what I want you to think about. If Jesus, who is called the good shepherd, is your shepherd, if he's my shepherd, the Bible tells us that he walks ahead of us. And what does the Bible say that we will do? Notice what the verse says. It says, and they will, what's the word? They will follow him. They will follow him. And it goes on to say, not only will they follow him. Why? The verse says, because they'll know his voice. You might wonder, well, well, how do I know the voice of God? H- how do I really know God's voice? How do I know to follow him? What does that voice sound like? What does it look like? Well, you know, God can speak to us in a variety of ways. God can speak to us through circumstances, certainly. God can speak to us through, through friends and other people, right? God can speak to us through a prophetic message, and he can certainly do all of that. But do you know the number one primary way that God leads and God guides the way God speaks to us? The primary way is through his word. A lot of times we want some giant revelation, but you need to understand God speaks to us primarily through his word. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Yeah, but, Pastor, honestly, I I just don't know his voice. Well, if that's the case, it's likely one of a couple reasons. And let me uh, explain that to you by giving you an illustration. I want you to imagine with me uh, 15 or 20 moms with newborn infants, and these moms are all having lunch together. Okay, I want you to picture this. They're all in a room together, and all of their newborn infants are in another room, and they're all sleeping. to which any mom in here does what Kim just did and is like, not going to happen. It's not even possible to have 15 babies in a room all sleeping together. Moms, right? Right? We get that? But just imagine. Just go with me on the illustration. So imagine all the babies are sleeping. The moms are having a good time and they're talking and having a great time and enjoying themselves. And all of a sudden, one of the babies begins to cry and begins to cry out. Here's the question. How many moms jump up to go attend to that baby? What's the answer? How many moms jump up? (laughs) I guess I shouldn't have asked the question. I should have just done my illustration. One mom. Okay, all all of them because they love and care for kids. I got that. (laughs) I'll change the illustration next service. I guess it was so early first service, they just slept through it. (laughs) One mom's gonna rise to attention, why? Because that one mom in the midst of all the other moms knows, that's my baby. That's my baby. Why, because she knows the baby and she knows the baby enough to recognize her cry or the baby's cry or the baby's voice. That's kind of the point of the illustration. And the point is this. (laughs) If you don't recognize the voice of your good shepherd, Jesus, then chances are it's because you don't know him or you don't know him enough to recognize his voice. Because if you know him, you will know his voice. And if you know him and know his voice, the Bible says you will then follow him because you know his voice. So if you have a difficult decision to make, I want you to imagine if you have a difficult decision to make, maybe, you know, should I take this job or should I stay in my job? Should I move to another city city or should I stay here? Should I keep dating this person or not? Should I try to have more kids or not? Should I make this financial decision or this relationship decision or this school decision or this business decision? Jesus will call you and Jesus will lead you in that decision if you'll lean not on your own understanding. And he will, as as we're discovering this morning, he will guide you. He will guide you. We need to know his voice. Do you know his voice? Do you know it well enough to recognize his voice? It's clear. He gives you the option each and every moment of every day to open his word and he will speak to you. The second thing a good shepherd does is a good shepherd provides. Our God, our good shepherd Jesus provides. In fact, Psalm chapter 23 goes on and says this in verses 1 through 3. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, why is that? It says because he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. I love the imagery here in this passage. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What you need to understand about sheep is sheep don't often lie down. It's very rare that they lie down. And when they lie down, a couple conditions have to be present. Number one, they have to feel safe. And number two, they have to be well fed. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says it this way, The Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's our good shepherd, leading us to sustenance and food, not just physically, but spiritually, and leading us to safety, protecting us. It goes on and says in this passage, Psalm 23, that he leads me beside quiet waters. Now, why quiet waters? Well, it's because sheep don't like rushing water. Why? Because they can easily fall in. And if that happens, here's what I said first service. I said because, because sheep, they're a giant cotton ball. And as a giant cotton ball, they're just going to float down the river. And so I'm going on on this illustration how a sheep is this giant cotton ball. And everybody's just rolling with it. And I'm doing this, what I think is a great illustration. I thought it was funny in first service with the cotton ball example. And then after service, I've never had a line so long. Never. I mean, it was like, you know, it was all the way back out the door and, I, and people are in line. They're like, hey, pastor, sheep aren't made out of cotton. <laughs> and then the next I said, thank you very much. And then the next person stepped up. Hey, pastor, I was a great sermon this morning, but I just got to tell you, sheep aren't made out of cotton. <laughs> and so it just kind of rocked me a little bit. How did I get to that? How did I, well, okay, they're made out of wool, fine. So they're made out of wool and wool's heavy and so if wool gets wet, okay, it's heavy and so it'll go down. But then I was thinking about it. How did I, I'm sheep, right? I'm dense, right? We're all sheep. But then I remembered and so here was my comeback by the time I got to the 30th person. (laughs) When you were kids and you in class made little sheep, what did you make them out of? (laughs) Cotton balls, thank you very much. (laughs) oh man he leads me besides quiet waters because sheep are going to avoid rushing water they don't want to end up in the water and end up getting taken down and even drowning our good shepherd leads us to the right kind of water I love John chapter 4 verse 14 and it tells us that Jesus is the living water And that when you and I drink from him, we'll never thirst again. See, Jesus is the one who quenches our thirst. And he protects us so that we can rest, so that we can relax, because our God provides. The passage goes on in Psalm 23.3. Again, it says, "The, the good shepherd refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. And I just love this. God is such a good provider. He doesn't just provide for us materially, but he also provides not just for our bodies, but he provides for our souls. And I got to say, there's some of you in this room this morning, right now, on the outside, you know, maybe God's providing for you and everything's all good, but on the inside, your soul is not at rest. What does Psalm 23 verse 3 say? So that God refreshes my soul. Some of you need to hear this this morning, that you have a good shepherd who is a loving shepherd and in his provision and in his protection, he wants to refresh your soul so that inwardly you can be at peace. The New Testament talks about this, and it talks about, you know, your whole life, all hell can be breaking loose in your life right now. And you could be going through so much right now, and yet the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, verse 7, that you can actually have a supernatural peace inside of you that transcends our ability to even comprehend or understand it. What is that? That's the presence of our good shepherd refreshing our soul and you need to understand this morning your good shepherd he guides you and he provides for you so that your soul can be at rest and at peace well the good shepherd also he corrects the good shepherd corrects now this may not sound like a good shepherd to a sheep that is wandering but the reality is this is great news that the good shepherd loves us so much he loves us enough that he will do what is necessary so that we as a sheep will not wander into danger. Now, uh, we, we just came back from our mission uh, trip to Mexico a couple weeks ago. And uh, one, uh, one day, one of the little boys from one of the families we were building a home for, he walks out of his little tiny house that he had prior to us building them a nice house, and he walks out wielding a, uh, yielding a knife, wielding a knife, and he's holding this knife, and he's waving it around and swinging it and playing it with, with this, and and it was not good. Now, I want you to picture one of the guys on our trip was a guy named Denny, and, and Denny's incredible. I had a, a, so much fun with him, and, and we just had fun working together and laughing and all this. Now, De, Denny is, is at that stage of life, and we were on this, uh, like, this slope where we're doing a lot of work and so his toes were kind of hurting from the way we were standing there and having to move around on these slopes and so his toes are hurting and you know and he's you know as as we get older you know our bodies start to fall apart a little bit and his knees aren't the greatest knees anymore and so Denny um, because I mean he he was kind of hurting you know after the week and so he was kind of walking around like this you know and so can you imagine me in this little kid and all of a sudden you see this guy coming up to you like this you know going like this and so the kid's petrified, and he sees this big guy coming to him like this, and then, and then he starts running down the hill, and Denny's like, oh, no. So he starts running after him and, you know, waving his arms, trying to keep his balance, right? And so he's waving his arms, he's trying to get that from the kid. The kid was terrified. But Denny cared enough to want to help him, to correct him, so he wouldn't be in danger. He ran into the house, and he was, fearf- he was fearful of Denny wasn't Denny's intention. Denny was trying to correct him, to discipline him, if you will. Job chapter 5, verse 17, I want you to look at the richness of this picture. It says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. Hebrews 12, 6 says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. So back to Job 5, it says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. Do not despise the what? Do not despise, let's say the word together. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Now notice this verse 18, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heals. Now that seems like an odd thing for our God to do, doesn't it? That our God would actually wound and then he would bind up. Well, I I read about what some loving shepherds would do for their little baby lambs that would just continue to wander off. If a, if a baby lamb would, would wander off from the flock, the shepherd knew that that lamb was vulnerable to wolves and, you know, falling off a of cliffs. Clearly, they still fall off today to getting in trouble. And so the loving good shepherd would take his two-foot little rod and he would break the leg, crack the leg of, of, of the little lamb. Sounds cruel. Nothing blessed about that, Right? I mean, come on, God, how am I not supposed to despise that? But then the good shepherd would take that little lamb, put him up on his shoulders, take him off to the side, set him down and begin to take care of him, begin to nurse him back, fix the leg, wrap the leg, and begin to nurse that that lamb back to health. That lamb would then become like a pet to the shepherd And that lamb was cared for by the shepherd and they spent an incredible amount of time together. And, And because of that, that little lamb, because of that correction, that lamb would never run off again because it learned to know the voice and the trust of its shepherd. But it all started with the discipline of the shepherd. Are you catching this? It's the same with God. To experience the discipline of God is to experience His love. We do it with our kids all the time, right? How often have you had, if you're a parent, have you had to discipline your young children and you had to do something and it's that old adage, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. But if you're a parent and you've gone through that, you know the truth of that. And to know you're going to have to discipline your child in some way, shape, or form and you know in their minds it's going to be hard and difficult and, and they're going to maybe resent you in the moment. It's going to be painful for them, whatever the case may be. But you do it because you know if you don't correct them and you don't correct that behavior, that thinking, that, that decision making, if you don't stop that now, it's going to lead them down to further destruction, right? They are on a path of destruction. They don't know it, but you as the parent do know it. And so you discipline. Now, I get it. Nobody sits around going, all right, God, sounds great. Bring on the discipline, God. Let's do it. No one's sitting around. My, my kids have never sat around when, when we've had to punish them. And, say, and they, they've never sat around and go, oh, praise God. Dad said we can't be with our friends this weekend. <laughs> it's never happened. In fact, here's what Scripture says about it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Is it? It's not pleasant at the time. In fact, it hurts. The verse goes on and says it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness, of peace for those who've been trained by it. Our good shepherd is so loving that he loves us enough to correct us, to keep us from further harm. And that discipline will pay off in the long run and produce a, a, a righteousness, a harvest of righteousness, and maybe you're experiencing the discipline of God and it's come to you through, through a friend or parent or a coworker. Maybe God speaks to you on a Sunday morning. And oftentimes because of our stubbornness, we want to blame the messenger and get angry at the messenger rather than maybe God's using that person. And I get it, the two people we don't want to hear from at all is our spouse and our children. But you need to understand, God uses them more often than not. How about we set aside our stubbornness and receive the discipline of God? Because God wants what's best for us, and he will discipline us. He guides, he provides, he corrects, and finally, he protects us. The good shepherd protects us. In Psalm chapter 23, we're going we're to kind of speed through the remainder of verses 4 through 6. David said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff. Rod was used to ward off presed, predators. Your staff was often used to hook a fallen sheep out of danger, or even to kind of, you know, take the rod and kind of rub the back of a, of a sheep kind of like, you know, to make comfort it. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. That's a very interesting thing. You anoint my head with oil. It wasn't uncommon for for flies, you know, to be around sheep. They were, you know, sheep are dirty animals and the flies would fly into the nose of a sheep. It would lay eggs and then the larva would hatch inside the sheep and they'd get into it, the sheep's nasal passage and even move into their brains and drive the sheep so crazy. They'd bang their heads up against a wall even to the point of killing themselves. You anoint my head with oil. He's saying your oil is like, you know, insect repellent. The good shepherd's telling you and I, I'll take care of you. I'll take care what, of what irritates you. That's how good I am. My cup overflows. Verse six, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, church, that's what God has for us. He fills you with his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness, and he welcomes you into his family. You're not an outsider with God. He is your good shepherd. In fact, he loves us so much. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 15, verse 4. And Jesus says, a shepherd will leave uh, 99 of his sheep if one is lost. He'll leave the 99 to go look for the one that's lost. That's how good the shepherd is. He cares about each one of us. There may be some of you this morning. You're here this morning. And this entire message is just for you. God's speaking to you. And maybe you're that one. You're that one sheep who's lost. And you need to understand this morning, God is reaching out to you. Your good shepherd is calling out to you. He's searching for you. He loves you because he is that good. And so I want to invite you this morning to enter into a relationship with the good shepherd. Allow him to lead you. Allow him to guide you. Allow him to protect you. And yes, at times, even correct you. The invitation is open. Will you enter into a relationship? with the good shepherd. And if if you're in a relationship with the good shepherd, will you allow him to be your good shepherd, to guide you, lead you, protect you, comfort you, refresh you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning fully recognizing that as sheep, we need a good shepherd. And God, I imagine there's some people here this morning who They've been on a journey of learning about you. Faith comes by hearing God's word and they've been coming to church and they've been growing in their understanding of you. And today's the day they're ready to to come home to you. And God, you've been reaching out and calling to them. And today's their opportunity to give their life to you, to trust you as their Lord, their Savior, their good shepherd. And if that's you this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never in faith given your life to him, I want to invite you to do that right now. And I'd invite you to pray with me. It's not the exact words. It's more that you mean it in your heart. We pray something like this. Say, Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth to die on a cross for my sins. And as best as I understand right now in faith, Jesus, I just give my life to you. I trust you with my life. I surrender my life to you. And I li- no longer want to live for myself. I want to live for you. So take my life Be my good shepherd. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus name I pray. Father I pray your kingdom has grown right now. And we rejoice with that. And with you and with the angels. And God for those of us who. We've already acknowledged you as our Lord. Our Savior our good shepherd. I pray God that today you would have spoke to each person. Right where they're at. And that God we would turn to you. Our good shepherd. And God right now we come to continue our worship as we give you this offering. Use this to grow your church, to grow people's hearts and lives, and grow people to be more like Christ. Use this, God, to bring people into your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.